Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Blank Page to Bestseller podcast. I am your host, Peter Wheatmartian, and we have a very special episode today for you. Uh, at the beginning, we start off with the Biz Buzz segment, where KZ and myself talk a little bit about AI, a little bit about how Amazon is asking about AI, and then also cover a quick little ruling made by the U.S. federal court about AI. Uh, then in our second segment, uh, this is the special segment, we have Colleen with our very first guest interview. Colleen talks with Corinne LaFont. Uh, Corinne is someone who has um, taken the author and speaker assistant courses from the author's voice. Uh, she took these a few years ago before it was the author's voice, but she came on to talk a little bit about uh, herself, a little bit about the courses, and a little bit about um, how you as a writer, as an author, uh, really need to uh, focus a little bit on public relations and marketing. I hope you enjoy the rest of this week's show, and as a quick reminder, I do want to ask you to please like and subscribe to the Blank Page to Bestseller podcast on the favorite podcast app of your choice. Welcome to this week's Biz Buzz segment. I'm joined by Candy this week, and the two of us are going to talk a little bit about what AI is. Uh, KZ has uh, found a really, really good definition of what AI is, and she's also going to talk a little bit about AI and Amazon, specifically the KDP, the Kindle Direct uh, guidelines. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, AI ruling that was in the uh, federal courts in the U.S. here about a month ago. Um, so we're going to uh, talk a little bit about that today for BizBuzz, and I'm going to give it over to Candy now so she can talk a little bit about really what AI is. It sounds great, Peter. Thank you. Um, yeah, AI is such a buzzword right now. Buzzword, buzzword right now. Buzzword, <laughs> biz and buzz, I guess. <laughs> It is just a big deal. AI, of course, means artificial intelligence. And, you know, here's the thing about AI. We've been using it for years, many, many years, and don't even realize, okay? What's different now, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in a moment, but what's different now is the uh, the recent technical advances in using AI and where we can use it and how accessible it is now to everybody, okay? So the definition that I found that I really like, and this is a little bit technical, but it fits. It really works. AI is a machine's ability to perform cognitive functions, which we associate with human minds. Okay, now what am I talking about here? I'm talking about functions such as perception, reasoning, learning, interacting with our environment, problem solving, and even exercising creativity. And that last, a machine's ability to exercise creativity is what has brought AI to the forefront now and why we are now seeing so many people taking sides about, uh, about how AI is going to impact our world. Mm -hmm. We are, at this moment, 
in time, we are on the cusp of a change in our communication world that is just as significant now as it was 20 years ago when print on demand totally upended the publishing world. So this is a topic you're going to hear us talk about again and again, right, Peter? Oh, I'm sure we will talk about this uh, pretty much every week or every other week or at least pretty regularly. I think it's going to be on a regular basis, very definitely. So um, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, the, re the reason that I brought it up this week, and this is what I did ask to talk about this this week, is that um, I'm getting, a, as, a, as a writer, I write in both fiction and nonfiction. I write in both categories. And my fiction groups are very active. Nonfiction is not as active as a group, but fiction groups are very active. And there is a lot of confusion there. Um, KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, uh, has recently updated their content guidelines and to define very specifically what artificial intelligence is to KDP, and that means Amazon. Okay. And it's also um, changed or added an actual section in their publishing form. So when you as a, a self-publishing writer or as a company who is publishing through KDP, you have to now answer a form, uh, a question on the form that says very simply, have you used any content that is AI generated? It's a very simple question. You have to answer it yes or no. You have to answer this. You can't, they won't publish you if you don't answer either yes or no. And there's no discussion on it. They just want to know. Now they've said they're simply collecting information. And I believe at this point they are. But I also believe that they're doing this because they don't quite know yet what their final policy is going to be on this because none of us do. It's changing so quickly. So what I wanted to do today is to help our listeners understand what KDP means by AI generated. This is another really good definition. And, and I think you're going to see this is going to become maybe not universal, but I think you're going to see more and more companies adapting or adopting uh, this type of, of definition. And I'm, I'm going to read this. I, I don't want to, you can find this, by the way, yourself. If you are, if you're, if you have KDP, you can probably just search it on the web and look for content guide, guidelines for a KDP. You'll find it in here. It's a very short paragraph. Essentially, AI generated images include cover, interior images, and artwork. Okay. Um, AI generated content also has to be, it also includes text or translations. So AI generated content can be text, images, or translations. Okay. If a to be defined at to be disclosed as AI-generated content. KDP says, if you use an AI-based tool to create the actual content, whether text, images, or translations, it is considered AI-generated, even if you applied substantial edits afterward. Now, I want to talk about this for a second. Think in terms of a book cover. 
on the book cover, you have the book, the, the overall co uh, container of the book, of the cover. You have a graphic image, most likely. You have text. Now, the text probably wasn't AI generated because it's your name and title, although the title could be AI generated. The image could be completely AI generated. You could have, so does that mean that your cover is AI generated if you've got a graphic on there that's AI generated? Probably yes, because it's very clear. It says AI generated images, okay? And your image is an AI generated image on the cover. That means you have to answer yes to that question. Even though the rest of the cover, if you took it the, the whole cover as a piece, you made it up in Photoshop, okay? But you didn't. You used an image in that cover, the content, part of the content in that cover is AI generated, okay? I hope that makes sense. There's one more thing about this. Peter, did that make sense to you? No, I think it, it's a, a great description of what AI generated means. And I think we'll learn a little bit about what the difference is from assisted versus generated here in just a second. Was yep. I, I'm assuming that's where you're going. <laughs> that is where I'm going, yeah. So, so the difference between the two of them, and there is a big difference because you don't have to disclose if you use AI-assisted content, but you do have to disclose if you use AI-generated. AI-assisted content, and again, I'm going to read it because it's the only way to be sure I'm saying it right. If you create the content yourself and use AI-based tools to edit, refine, error check, or otherwise improve the content, whether it's text or images, then it is considered AI-assisted and not AI-generated. If you use an AI-based tool to brainstorm and generate ideas, but ultimately created the text or images yourself, this is also considered AI-assisted and not AI-generated. Okay? So let's go real simple. Um, almost certainly, if you're writing a book, you have run that book through a spell checker or a grammar checker. Guess what? That's an AI tool. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so that's AI assisted. What if you used a uh, um, and and an, one of these new AI generating generators to actually help you figure out the title, and it gave you it spit out, it spit out twenty titles for you, and you chose three of them and then reworked them on your own and and came up with a title that that, that you really love. That's AI assisted. Okay, does that help? Under that, that, do you think that's enough, Peter, to help people see where that goes? Yeah, I think that's a um, that's a great description of what AI assisted means. You know, I, I really think the um, the differential between generated content and assisted content would be um, AI generated content is something you take from AI originally. And AI assisted is something you um, you have AI look at after you've created the work. Uh, that's probably a little simplistic, but it works. Uh, there are definitely going to be gray areas in that, uh, in that that. But yes, absolutely, I agree with you, Peter. That's a good way to. That's a good rule of thumb, I would say, uh, mm -hmm. to think of it. If you've created it and then you're gone back and you've you've used AI. Uh, technology to help you uh, finalize it and finesse it, then you create it, not the, not the AI. So it's AI assisted. You know, another way that I would kind of um, 
I would kind of describe this difference is um, think of it this way. And if you are the author and you're using AI to edit your work, that's AI assisted. However, if you're using AI as the author and you are the editor, you know, you're going through and editing what the AI has, that's AI generated. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Definitely. So if you go in and, and give a description to an AI generator and say, write me um, an outline for a book, um, that is AI assisted. But if you take that outline and chapter by chapter, ask the AI to write the chapters, that's AI generated. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> mm. Yep. So, so yeah, so I really want, I think it's important that we we stay on top of this. And I obviously I will be, I, I, I'm pretty much involved in this on a daily basis. So um, I, I think that I would like to invite any of our listeners to, uh, you know, to, to comment on, on, on the, um, on our episode when, when this uh, posts and tell us what you think. What do you think about AI and where it's going? Are you afraid of it? Are you welcoming it? Or are you kind of like me and just sitting back and saying, let's see where this goes? Yeah, that's so um, that's so new AI for for creatives specifically. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where where this um, new advancement takes us. Um, you know, yeah, I think. I was, oh, sorry, Peter, I didn't mean to step over no, you. No, no, go ahead. I was absolutely fascinated when you shared with me about the uh, the, the Supreme Court, or not Supreme, but the federal court ruling on the copyrightable. Uh, are you? Is that something that you want to share? Yeah. So you know, you know, I know in in the past, um, you know, few months, um, we'll we'll use the um, the the writer strike. You know, that's been going on. It just ended uh, recently, but one of their main sticking points was basically whether or not someone like a uh, like Netflix or Paramount or someone else like a studio could give a writer an AI generated script where the writer doesn't actually write the script but just kind of marks it up and whether or not that's you know um writing basically and um you know I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly if the or the U.S. District Court in D.C. didn't actually rule specifically on that, um, but they did make a ruling, um, and this is in late August 2023, um, and it's in the Thaler versus Register of Copyrights. Um, so if you're a, a court geek and want to go look up the full ruling, you can do it there. Um, but one of the um, one of the biggest rulings they made is that. AI generated work is work that's absent to any guiding human hand is not protected by copyright. That is absolutely fascinating. And you know, it makes perfect sense. And here's mm -hmm. here's why, um, in my opinion, okay. The the heart of all of this AI content that's that we're dealing with right now, AI generated content, is a very simple fact. The knowledge base the world's knowledge base has become too large for a human to conceptualize or to absorb it or to truly fully use it in any any real way and yet the machines can do it so an artificial intelligence machine 
is able to look at the entire body of work. Now, what that means is <laughs> that machine is using copyrighted material to write the content. Mm -hmm. Am I understanding this correctly, Peter? Um, yeah, so this is actually really interesting. Um, a lot of the different AI um, tools, you know, think like chat GPT, um, we actually don't know exactly where they get all of their information that they use. So, um, you know, they're, they're say it's like, what do you like, you know, it's trying, they're trying to protect their, their investment basically. So we're not exactly sure where they get all of this information. And there is, um, a very high probability because just looking at what chat GPT and some of these other things return that they are using copyrighted material. Yeah. I think it's, I think, I think it may not be proven, but I don't think there's any <laughs> way they could not be using copyrighted material. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially with some of the copyright um, restrictions we have now, I mean, we were talking about this in an earlier show, but you know, copyright lasts 90 years after the death of the creator. So, you know, thinking about that, we have um, a lot of, copyrighted material that's not from the last 90 years so that's what the 30s 1930s so just look at the the results that are coming out of the these ai tools now and tell me that they're not more modern interpretations than just using something from 90 years ago absolutely true peter absolutely so it does make perfect sense that the court would rule that Mm -hmm. um and uh it's going to be very interesting to see where else this goes it is going to be um it's it's probably the biggest question that needs to be answered for creatives whether you're an artist whether you're a writer whether you're a musician um whatever that is i think the use of AI and how AI is going to affect the creative industry is probably going to be the biggest question we need to answer. Maybe not you and me specifically, but you know, we as the um, as the uh, creative people on in the last uh, you know in the next hundred years, I think this is going to probably be the biggest question we have to answer. Makes perfect sense, and I agree with you on that, Peter. And of course. Here at the Office Voice, we are obviously going to be always staying on top of this and bringing you the latest information as we learn it. Yeah, it, and um, you know, I just um, I, I want to point out that if you do just go on to Google or go into Apple or go into wherever and um, uh, either search AI or um, artificial intelligence or something like that. And you're going to find articles and podcasts and videos from a bunch of different people out there. Um, so uh, there's a lot of information out there, but it, you know, it, it it's going to be key to figure out who's the right people to take that information from. Well, you know, you can count on us. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, thank you for, uh, for, you know, bringing this topic up today, I think, um, I think it's like you said, a, an important topic. And I think we laid some really good groundwork for what, um, AI is and how it can affect an author. Great. Glad to do it, Peter. And I'm looking forward to continuing these discussions.
This episode of the Blank Page to Bestseller podcast is brought to you by us, The Author's Voice. The Author's Voice is the premier online training platform for authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs looking to add a new revenue stream to their business. Whether you're an author looking to publish your book or an administrative assistant looking to expand your business by working with authors and speakers, we have the training programs to help you become a certified publishing professional. You can learn more about The Author's Voice on our website, theauthorsvoice.org, or please follow our social media at Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find links to all of those places in the show notes. like to welcome our special guest today, Corinne LaFont. She has taken her professional certification as an author and speaker's assistant to New Heights as a practicing public relations and communication specialist consultant when she merged it with her training as a virtual event specialist, social media and online book marketing specialist at another credible institution. Corinne is an island girl to the core. I love the water, <laughs> love the beach. She was born in Trinidad and migrated and lived in Jamaica for 21 years. Uh, Corinne loves life and believes in impacting each person she comes into contact with, with her positive words of empowerment and inspiration. How special is that? Latin dancing is her passion, especially bachata, Kizomba and Salta. I used to take Salta dance lessons. <laughs> you, you can always find her smiling and laughing and enjoying the fullness of life. She's also the author of two books, holiday series on book marketing, Lessons from Santa, 12 Tips and Secrets for Authors. And she's a contributing author to Office for One, the Sole Proprietor's Survival Guide. Corinne also hosts Between the Lines. It's a podcast talking with authors, speakers, public relations, and communications experts, and more. You'll have to listen to her podcast. So, Corinne, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for inviting me, Colleen. Yes, yes. So I'd like to ask, what made you decide to take the author, speaker, assistant courses in the first place and then join the industry and move it further? That's a wonderful question. I actually wanted to start my own business and I wondered what should I do? And I just started to look at the skills that I have and what I have a passion for. And at the time, which was, it might seem like not too long ago, but it's, it's a long time ago when it was probably 2010 when I started with, with Jan B. King, who, you know, is, was the owner, you know, God bless her heart. She has passed on now. And, um, I attended, I was a member of the International Virtual Assistance Association. And as a result of that, I ended up doing, I heard Jan speak and something just resonated in, in of all the different speakers. Something just resonated that that is what I want to do. That is what I want to you know, pursue. And nobody was doing it at the time, um, especially like in the Caribbean. I guess people were doing it before, but okay. in the Caribbean where I'm from, no one was doing it, so it was new. And the environment at the time was one where ebooks had just come out, so it was really new. So I'm like, Corinne, are you crazy? You're <laughs> going to do something that's new? Who is going to be your client? Are you mad? 
And just something in my spirit said, go for it. This is going to work for you. It's because it's new why you should do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just said, hey, I'm always up to the challenge. And I did the, the full course. I think I also did, uh, John had a complimentary course, which is a virtual speaker's assistant, the professional virtual speaker's assistant, which ties in well with the auto assistant program. And I said, yay, I'm going to do it. I think she gifted me. She gifted me, as a matter of fact, the virtual speaker's uh, assistant program. Because okay. I guess she had just she just loves me. Who doesn't love Corinne, right? So, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, and now that I look back, you know, I am so happy to have met her. She was one of the persons that really, I'm telling you, really made an impact in my life. She was quite influential in my decisions and, and you know, just the go-getting attitude and belief, what I really want to say, the belief in myself that it can happen, it can work, and it will work for me. And my certificate, which unfortunately I left in Jamaica because I'm trying to get that back. So, Colleen, you have to try and get me one with Jan's signature on it. I don't oh, know wow. how you're going to do that. But I left my certificate, which was actually signed by her in Jamaica. I don't even know who I'm going to retrieve that now because that is like gold to me right now, you know? So it it it's great memories, great memories. And I'm happy to have been in her presence, though virtually, but to get to know her and communicate with her and for her to lead me down this path. Yeah. It's such a great program. And um yes. I was actually I was actually gifted the scholarship when she passed away and uh, Janica and Michelle took it over and it's just great. And I love how she put the author and speaker portions together because it's so important for an author to get out there and speak. No matter if it ties in, it ties in, it's automatic. Once you become an author, you automatically move into speaking. And from the speaking stage, you're selling your book. So it was, it just ties in. And even if you want to do the publishing side, which is the author side, you because when you do the speaker's assistant program, you can work with authors. So you can decide which way you want to go. It's really, really, really good. I need to do a refresher's course in that. You know that, Colleen. I need to refresh and and, and get my skills up to speed. <laughs> I know it's always something new going on, and uh, actually, you'll be hearing more about that uh, as we move along. <laughs> but. Um, so in your opinion, what's something authors should either stop or start doing? What's important? What's missing, do you think? Authors should stop or start. Stop being afraid to tell your story. Everybody carries a story within them. That is something that I always say, time immemorial. Everyone carries a story. I keep hearing persons say, who would listen to me? Who would want to read my book? Who, who would care? Nobody. You know, and they are basing that based on what others probably would have done. But you don't know. Your story may resonate with somebody else and, and block out what you see from what other people are doing and just focus on what you need to do. And if you focus on that, you just never know. It will attract the right people because you're putting on that kind of energy. So stop um, holding back yourself. And, and feeling that you're not significant enough. You're not big enough. Nobody knows you. You're an unknown. Who would want to? Those are limiting beliefs you need to get rid of. Um, the reverse of that, what you should start doing, writing, journaling. 
<laughs> Nobody's telling you to sit down and create a big best-selling book right now because I know that can be quite daunting. You might feel, oh, a book is this thick. Oh my God, you can actually see and feel and the fear of it is, is stopping you from moving on. Just get a little book or you have the app in, in, in your phone. You could record your voice. You could every day just write a little note to self. Things that you learn, you go out, you travel, you sit down, you're having breakfast, lunch, dinner, your, ch your children, your husband. I don't care. Moments come to us every day that we reflect on. Just write what, re what you reflect on and allow that to work for you. Mm -hmm. Eventually, over time, you would look back and see how, one, you have grown. And two, there's a story or two or three somewhere in there that you can use to turn into a book or just take all of your journaling. And put it into a book. Yeah. Yeah, that's such great information. It's so funny when you said your story will resonate with someone because I that, that's what I've said all along. A lot of times I say your story will resonate with someone like no one else's can because people write differently. Their version's different. Their voice is different. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You just never know. It is so funny. In a library of books or on Amazon with millions of books, it is so funny how the universe works. Somebody who may be just in need may end up seeing that book that you wrote. And you'll be like, what the hell? Because it happens to me. There are things that it's not in my feed. I've never looked at it. There's no reason in my small human mind for something to show up that I need to see right now. And it just shows up. And I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's... It's amazing how that, that can happen. You'll be thinking yeah. about it or praying about it or whatever, and then you're boom, it shows the up. Answer. Yeah. yeah, you're seeking the answers, and that just shows up for you. And you'll be like, what? or somebody shows up and says, have you read this book? Somebody share this with me. Or, it is just... <laughs> it's amazing how, how that works. It just is amazing, amazing, yeah. Well, you know, in your, P, your PR, your public relations life and what you do with that, I thought this would be fun to ask you. So first of all, it, it ties into this. How does a writer or someone who wants to write get paid and how PR works into that? Because that's important for authors in order to get the word out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And marketing, like I say to a lot of authors or aspiring authors, marketing is really the work that you need to put in. My clients that I have had and who refer clients to me, most authors, as we know, Colleen, just want to write, but they don't want to be out there. Put them in a little room, you know, a little enclave, and they're good. They don't even want to see the book when it's published. <laughs> yeah, they want to see it, but they're afraid to even touch it or anything like that. They don't want to be talking to anybody, being in the media. When you start to tell them about the media, that fear comes back to them again. It's like, what? I didn't plan all of that. I didn't, I, I didn't need all of that to happen. I just wanted to write something. And that's okay. That's okay. You take your time and you, and you come out of your comfort zone. But in terms of generating sales for your books, you have to be able, like I said, come out of your comfort zone. If you're not able to, to do that, I don't know what else to tell you because staying in a little corner in a room is not going to generate it for you. But nobody's telling you to rush into the deep end of the ocean or of the pool one time. You take steps. You tip your toe in there, then you could tip the second toe, then ten toes, you know, and you could take your time. Nobody's rushing you and nobody should. 
Okay, nobody should force you to do anything you're not comfortable doing. When I work with my clients, I work with who they are, what they are comfortable doing, and then say, hey, let's let's try this other thing. Would you be willing to try it? And how would you be willing to try it? So you take time because I know what I would want for myself. And so this is how I would approach my clients. I don't want anybody rushing or pushing me to do anything. So you have to be able to recognize that you have to come out of your comfort zone. And, and the thing about it is you may be surprised at the person you become as a result of that. So look at it as an opportunity for growth, personal development, pushing yourself beyond your so-called limit or what you think are your limits and seeing who you become as a result. Again, it is also telling the stories, not just about in the book. People want to see the story in you too. So by you interacting in people, you are actually um, demonstrating and showing what the book is really about. So it's like two stories you're telling, if we want to call it like that. One through the book and one through work, one through interacting with you. So there are two stories being told. So you, you cannot hold back. Just like when I say, don't hold back your story by not writing the book. Write the book, but also don't hold back you, your story, by not interacting with others. So generating sales will come from that. Yeah, and the PR aspect is all is all part of that because PR is, as we say, public relations. And just the two words tell you, public relations. So you have, you have to build relationships and you have to interact with people in the public, people you have never met, people who you probably would never have met in the first place if you didn't step out of your comfort zone. And you may actually meet the person who needs your book and who needed to talk to you and whose life you may have saved. And you realize, wow, me, a little person, is actually impacting people's lives like this. I could do that. Then you realize you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. Nobody's saying you, you need to become Jesus Christ or anything like that. But little by little, you know, this is this is what makes us help other people. This is this is really what we are meant for. One of the things we are meant for on this earth to touch people's lives, to leave an impact, to have a legacy. Right. The personal aspect becomes so much and it's so we need people and, and being out there with people. And like you said, the more you interact with them, they see who you are as a person. And that's what that's what sells your book or makes people like you or whatever. But it's so important. And here's, and here's another thing. When they realize that when they meet you, when you do that public relations and you step out of your comfort zone, they realize it's doable. So there were people in the line, people who are meeting you, who always wanted to write a book too. And they realized, wait a minute, if she could do it, I could do it. So you also are encouraging people that it's not impossible. And mm -hmm. you could let people know because people are going to come up to you in your book signing and talk to you and say, you know, I've always wanted to write a book. I always wanted to be a children's author. And you could say, why not? Why haven't you started? Come on. I, I'm not no big time author. I just put this together and I had help. To be able to do it you know so you could get the help you know and they will see that it's real there's no hill or mountain to climb or sea to swim in order to achieve the things that everybody else can do yeah yeah it's so it's so important for that uh, yeah. so since we're talking about publishing and books and 
Who's your favorite author and why? Oh my God. I've different people. Yeah, I've read different people. Different people have different impacts on me. The Power of No by Eckhart Tolle is good. You know, I haven't, I, I have been kind of starting and stopping that book now that I've moved to, to audio format because I don't have the time to really sit down and flip pages anymore. I tend to be listening to the book while I'm doing other things. So I kind of stop and start. And then I have transitioned right now to the Bible in a year. I'm studying the Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmitz. It's actually a podcast. So every day I listen to it. I've missed a few days. So I need to catch up. But that is really good. So it's, it's ways to consume the book based on your lifestyle. Right, right. I've been listening to Father Schmidt this year, year too. I started the issue too. Yeah, yeah. He's, he is awesome. I just love him. And you can tell the passion he has for God and, and for what he's doing. He's just excited every right. time. Right, yeah. It's, it's great. It's great. He's very, very involved and very... That yes. dynamic, I guess you can say. Yeah. He is unreal. Unreal. I think that is what captures me about him. I don't really see him as a priest, even though you know he's a priest. But I'm like, this man is really he's like <laughs> he's really <laughs> he yeah, he's a real person, yes. He's great. <laughs> Love listening to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. I'll tell you what. Um so what else, like, do you have a favorite book that has interested you? Um, I'm talking about authors, but is, is, there an, is there a book in your business that you have read or that has really helped you with your business um, that you've liked? Not necessarily. With my business, it was just flying by the seat of my pants, literally. I just, I just did it, which is a true entrepreneur at heart. You just go according to, to the environment and what's happening. And you just, you know, as we say in Jamaica, wheel and come again. You know, you recalibrate and do it again. And <laughs> you learn from your mistakes and you just keep going. You just never stop. That's the whole thing about it. You just never stop. Right. And while you may not have achieved the kind of things, the kind of success you think you should have achieved, when you really sit down and look at, at it, you have grown. And <laughs> that is success. You know, people look at success in so many um, materialistic and earthly ways. But when I look at my life and, and the people I've met and the people I've influenced and the people that still reach out to me even to this day and, and you know, what I have done. I mean, even people tell me. If, if I don't see it, people tell me. They're like, Corrine, oh, my God, you have done so much. I would like to... I would like to be like you. I would like to do half or quarter of the things you have done. And I'm like, really? I, I don't see it, but... You know, that's just me. So there isn't a particular book that guided me or anything. I just, I just use my wit, my intelligence, watch people, and just did it accordingly. What I, what I felt within me resonated and what made sense to me. I'm not going according to anybody else. I'm not necessarily watching other people and copying. I'm not any of that. I would learn from other people, listen and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's what works for me so that I could sleep well at night. I can, you know, wake up lovely in the morning. It's it's about me and what I want. Yeah. Because it's my authenticity coming out to people. And I wanted them to connect with me in that way, not see me as a copy of somebody else. Right. Right. 
I didn't mean a copy per se. I just didn't know if there was a book that helped you or anything. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I when you hear the phrase that authors should make their book their business, what does that say to you? Oh yes, I encourage it. Actually, your book is your business. Um, we see the book as what you call those things again. I don't even know if people use them. The business card. It gets your foot in oh, the door. Right. <laughs> yeah. It gets right. your foot in the door because what it does, you will probably at this level, not to put anybody down, but you will probably hear. And then once you write a book, people now see you up here because you're seen as an expert. Mm -hmm. So that needs to be noticed over there. And you have to realize that you need to take it to the next level. So it is a business because... It is something that people are going to start calling you about. They may want you for speaking engagements. They may want you to do workshops. They may want you to come probably even on a podcast like what I'm doing here. Hey. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So they'll be calling you for interviews, whether free or paid. They'll be calling you for a number of different things that you never anticipated. And you can generate an income from it. And that's what a business is about, that you could generate some sort of income, whether you break even or you make a profit, it doesn't matter. But you're able to make money. Even if you lost, it doesn't matter. You're able to make some money from it. And so you just never know. That might be the business that you have that can maintain you and your family, or it could be a side income, but it should be treated as a business. No, not everybody has that intention or goal. So I wouldn't force that upon somebody if they don't have that. Because when I think of business and I talk to my clients who have that intention, I start to think of merchandise. I start to think of all the different tours, the places that you need to go or things you need to do. So you do it virtually, you do it face-to-face. -face. Then, of course, where your book's going to be going, shipping and handling, you know, having fulfillment done, how are we going to do that? Then having it in audio, audio format, ebook and print. So, you know, I'm thinking all the different ways in which it can be done, right? you know, to get you out there. But if somebody doesn't want that and all they want to do is just tick it off their, their list and say, I wrote a book, that's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. That's good enough for me because you have accomplished your objective to say you have tickets. Some people say, I want a bungee jump or mm -hmm. I want to be able to jump out a plane and say, I did it. Hey, tick it off your list and keep it going. If you don't want to have a business behind it, no problem. But if you see that there is potential for a business, then you could probably look into it seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, uh, what was your experience when you wrote, uh, the, did the collaboration book with... Um, uh, Christina. Yeah, right, right. Christina Hamlet. Very yeah. interesting. She, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she had a number of orders to reach out to me. I um, I'm very proud of of contributing to that book because it's really made for uh, solopreneurs, persons who are really on their own, much like us, Colleen. Yeah. Um, and especially females, you know, who are on their own. Everything you're doing, the whole business you're doing, the family you're doing, everything. And so I'm pretty proud of contributing to that as a, as a co-author. And that is also another avenue for persons. If you don't want to write a full book, you can decide to just contribute a chapter or two. You know, there right. are many persons who are looking to do that. And just get your, like I said, dip your toe in the water before you really go to write a full book. So if you feel, oh, I, my God, I can't write a full book. 
not a problem. You could do a chapter. And yeah. a chapter could be could range from let's say probably three pages to probably six, seven pages. And I mean that's not a lot. It might sound like a lot. But when you when you are laying out a book for uh to to be printed, you're really looking at a word count to me of about two hundred and fifty words uh on, on, on a page. So it's not yeah. it's not really a, a lot. When you break it down and you do the reverse engineering, you realize it's not as bad as you think it is. So it's not as big an elephant as you think it is. You know, so the collaboration was was fantastic. I haven't been in contact with Christina lately. She's always working on something because she's into um script writing uh for movies, films and things like that. So she's she's a very creative person. Um but it was good. It was good. And the book is still up on Amazon and I guess it's still doing well. Yeah. But I would say to anyone who is co-authoring that you make sure you get the legalities right. That if you're looking for something, you know, to make money off of it, some people don't um, don't allow you to, to share in the proceeds. It all depends on what you're looking for. Um, if you want to share in the proceeds, you have to make sure that that is secure and signed off on. So there are a lot of legalities when it come to to co-authoring because let's say for instance that book reaches a bestseller you know or it reaches into a movie mm-hmm. or something because the potential is there um you have lost out significantly so you have to make sure that your lawyers are involved or somebody who you trust that knows you know those legal jargon and stuff like that if you're going into that or else just stay out of it right right yeah yeah so tell me when you're not busy doing these wonderful things that you are doing <laughs> what do you like to do for fun oh. well my dancing like you mentioned my dancing I haven't been dancing a little bit lately so I'm planning on getting back into that soon but when I say I'm not dancing I dance here by myself uh-huh. <laughs> I have a party of one but when I mean official dancing like my latin you know and, and ballroom but charter etc I like to be, you know, in my socials with my other people who are also Latin dancing and attending my class, you know, professionally. So I haven't been doing that much of it lately, but I plan to get into it. Other than that, I do a lot of meditation. I love silence, solitude, um, meditation. It helps me to be calm. I'm all about peace. I'm all about inward growth, working on myself. I'm constantly working on myself, questioning myself. Um, doing a lot of introspection and reflection um, to be a better person. When I look at myself in the mirror, you know, each day or whenever I do look at myself, I want to be able to feel good about me, you know, and the person that I am and not feel, oh my God, you know, did I really have to say that to somebody? Did I really have to do that or feel bad? No, I mustn't. I mustn't do that. So I do a lot of time by myself, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would like to say thank you so much for joining me today. And how could people reach out to you if they want to find you? How would people reach out to you? Well, one of the ways is reach Colleen. <laughs> so, <laughs> for sure, she's going to tell you. She's going to tell you how to reach me. Colleen. So yeah. you get to Colleen. <laughs> you get to Colleen. And she's going to put you on to me. Other than that, if you want to bypass her, which you shouldn't, if you want to bypass her, then you can reach out to me at my email, which is Corrine, C-O-R-I-N-E-L-A-F, which is 
C-O-R-I-N-E, L as in lamp, A as in apple, F as in father at gmail.com. Pretty easy. Again, Colleen, I say just keep it simple. Just get to Colleen. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. And it, I look forward to having this out. Everybody can hear your story. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you helping me to get my story out. This is what we do as authors. Yes. That's thank right. you so much. And all the best. Thank you. podcast is a production of The Author's Voice. I have been your host, Peter Wheatmartian, and I want to thank KZ and Colleen for joining me on this episode to discuss all things writing, publishing, and speaking. Do you have questions about today's topic or would like to be a guest on a future episode? You can learn more about The Author's Voice on our website, theauthorsvoice.org, or send our team an email at info at theauthorsvoice.org. You can stay in touch with Candy, Colleen, and Peter through The Author's Voice on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Links to all of those can be found in the show notes. If you have enjoyed the episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review on the podcast app of your choice. Also, please help us spread the word about the Blank Page to Bestseller podcast by sharing the episode on your social media or by introducing a friend, a colleague, an author, or anyone who would enjoy the discussion to the show.